today on the news and why it matters. We watched the debate, so you didn't have to. Okay, well, we didn't actually watch the debate, but some other people watched the debate and gave us some great highlights. Uh, also, Christianity Today calls for Trump's removal, and Trump responds. We've got a good show for you uh, lined up this Friday, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, really, really excited about this show today. Kind of fangirling a little bit, not gonna lie. Uh, we have got two amazing guests. We've got Candace Owens, founder of the Blexit movement. Candace Owens, the Candace Owens. The Candace Owens. Your maiden voyage on the show. I know we keep crossing paths and, and you know we've met many times, but we've never gotten a chance to get you on the show. So really happy to have you here Thank on the you. show today. We've also got host of the Michael Knowles show. Mike, Michael Knowles show. Say that three times fast. <laughs> it's very difficult. Michael Knowles himself of The Daily Wire. <laughs> and the number one. Candace, Candace fanboy. Yeah. Stalker. So, yeah. Stalker. We're kind of right. in that, we're going to be fighting over who gets to hang out with her after the show now. So really? it's going to get awkward, I got to tell you. Uh, so last night, of course, the last Democratic debate of 2019 occurred. I didn't really see anything big happen. Nothing major happened. You know, you have uh, previously, before the impeachment vote actually happened, you would have 40 minutes of each debate just dedicated to the Democratic candidates telling us why President Trump needed to be impeached and how he did all of these terrible, horrible things. Well, they don't have that anymore because the impeachment vote already happened. Uh, so here's just a little highlight reel of all, uh, any of the notable events that happened last night at the Democratic debate. Watch. What we have to do is we have to stop being obsessed over impeachment, which unfortunately strikes many Americans like a ball game where you know what the score is going to be, and start actually digging in and solving the problem that got Donald Trump elected in the first place. The mayor just recently had a fundraiser that was held in a wine cave full of crystals and served $900 a bottle wine. According to Forbes magazine, I am the, literally the only person on this stage who's not a millionaire or a billionaire. So if... This is important. This is the problem with issuing purity tests you cannot yourself pass. You are the oldest candidate on stage this and evening. And I'm white as well. <laughs> you would turn 82 at the end of your first term. You'd be the oldest president in American history. Are like you Winston willing, Churchill. Are you willing to commit American history? American history. Yes. Are, are you joking? That was a oh, joke. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. Politico doesn't have much of a sense of humor. Oh, we've got a great sense of humor. <laughs> Senator Warren, you would be the oldest president ever inaugurated. I'd like you to weigh in as well. Uh, I'd also be the youngest woman ever inaugurated. <laughs> Uh, so, a lot of uh. ageist remarks, first of all. <laughs> yeah. I'm shocked that the Democrats went there. But I, I want to get your take on kind of all the candidates. But let's start with Elizabeth Warren. Because she somehow, I don't get how she gets away with constantly portraying other people to be some, you know, elitist figure. Yet, she's one of the richer people on the stage as well. I mean, she's a millionaire for as much as she criticizes billionaires. She's almost there, right? How does she keep getting away with 
previously to Pete Buttigieg calling her out. How does she keep getting away with making these remarks and painting herself to be a, a commoner, a woman of the people? Candace, why don't you start first? Well, I would say first, you have to give credit to Pete Buttigieg for calling her out on that. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the thing that I've always found to be so remarkable about the Democrats is that they constantly run elitists. In 2016, all we heard is Trump's a billionaire, Trump's a white old man, and Trump's privileged. Now they're running Michael Bloomberg, right? right? I mean, so none of it actually makes any sense. Right. And, and they cannot win if, if you set them up to their own purity tests. They can't survive them. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was wise of Pete Buttigieg to point that out, that everyone on the stage is essentially a hypocrite. Um, I think it's, it's funny that she pointed out the, the wine, the crystal wine bottles, um, but pointedly ridiculous over and over again. And that's the thing. They hate capitalism is what they say. They hate money is, is what they say, but it's not the way that they live their lives day by day. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? Elizabeth Warren gets away with it because the other candidates are so terrible. So she, <laughs> you'll remember when she got into that race, she initially released that DNA test yes. to prove that she was one 1,024th Native American. <laughs> and it just nearly ended her campaign, except it didn't. She started to surge right. again because the other candidates are so bad. She is now going for a wealth tax and a $52 mm -hmm. trillion health care plan. That appeals to the radicals who are increasingly making up the base. She's also a Harvard professor establishmentarian, and that appeals to some of the more moderate types. Joe Biden's eyeballs are exploding and his teeth are falling out <laughs> literally at these debates. Uh, uh, so that, that moderate lane is gone. And Pete Buttigieg is a really smarmy, generally unlikable small town mayor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and he's actually starting to climb on her too. So it, it doesn't say anything about the strength of her candidacy. It shows you the weakness of the field and Warren's the big beneficiary of it. Yeah, that's, right. a, that's a really great point. And, you know, you do bring up the, the 23andMe DNA results. Um, um, I, I, I could have sworn, I said, she's done, right? She can't run. She's got to be done. This has got to be the most embarrassing thing to happen to her. You would think that she would just distance herself, but instead she just threw all her chips in and we'll see how that uh, how that plays out for her. Uh, Joe Biden, there's some controversy surrounding Joe Biden last night. He had a moment where he was talking about uh, making phone calls to uh, different voters. He said he'd give them their his private cell phone number. I don't really think that that's true. But uh, he uh, people are saying that he was mocking a stuttering child. I want to play the clip and then I want to get your thoughts on this particular uh, part of the debate. Watch. My wife and I have a call list of somewhere between 20 and 100 people that we call at least every week or every month to tell them I'm here. I give them my private phone number. They keep in touch with me. The little kid who says, I can't talk, what do I do? I have scores of these young women and men. Now, my first thought is that never happened. Right. <laughs> I mean, every story they tell up on stage, I don't think ever happened. Other than corn pop. <laughs> right. Obviously, Obviously corn, corn pop, pop happened. Uh, but uh, was that, do you consider that to be mocking, Candace? I, it definitely is mocking. What I always like to do is say, imagine if Trump had done that. That's, that's really what you have to set it up to. Imagine if Trump had done that mm -hmm. on stage. They would be wild. The media would go absolutely wild talking about cancel, cancel him. They'd have called him somehow a racist, a white yeah. supremacist, every name that they throw mm -hmm. at him. And yet somehow Joe Biden has gotten away with all of these instances that to me kind of show that he's a little angry. Yeah. These little outbursts that we continually see from Joe Biden, I actually think that he's got some like anger that hasn't yet been dealt with, especially if you start poking him about his son, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think he's an interesting candidate to watch because he doesn't seem to, to me to be emotionally stable when he's under pressure. Yeah, Michael, what do you think? I agree with you. I don't think that incident actually happened. To me, the <laughs> problem isn't so much the mocking in just 
as how cringe-inducing it is. Yeah. I mean, he's saying, he's painting this image of the poor little child who's stuttering, and there's Joe Biden giving him hope. And by the way, uh, Joe Biden does give hope to people who commit verbal gaffes. I mean, Joe Biden is the king of this. <laughs> true. But true. It, what, what's m- more damaging is not talking about the kid or not telling these sort of saccharine mm-hmm. stories. It's that he can't maintain a train of thought. So right. his trains of thought are always meandering. His mind is always going all over the place. He's talking about kids touching his hairy legs in the pool. <laughs> He's talking about malarkey and corn pop. He just he just doesn't have the focus that is required of a presidential candidate. Yeah. And whether that's because of his age or whether that's because he's just tired of politics, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it, every time he opens it, his mouth, it seems, people become more and more convinced this guy is past his sell-by date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's always been fascinating to me, Candace, and I want you to speak to this as the founder of the Blexit movement. I feel like you would have some, some insight on this. Joe Biden, if you look at this field, he historically has had a lot of black support, but he also historically has had a lot of instances where he says something and you're like, that was really kind of racist, right? Like the, uh, you know, Obama was the first clean cut, articulate, you know, African-American. I mean, he's just had these moments where you say, oh, that didn't feel right. Why is it that he's been able to skate above that every time he makes one of those comments? You know, I don't, I don't actually believe that he has. If you're paying okay. attention to some of the hip-hop radio shows, they're calling him out on his history of voting um, when he was in the Senate. They're calling him out on the busing stuff. They actually don't find him to be an authentic candidate. Uh, um, if you look across all of the candidates, the one that black America is the most keen on, don't don't ask me why, is um, Bernie Sanders. Because they think that he fought for black rights, where they think that Joe Biden is essentially just trying to ride Obama's coattails. Uh-huh. When he actually hasn't done much, or if any for black America other than assist um, Obama for eight years. Right. So I actually don't think he's a strong candidate for black America. He doesn't make me nervous whatsoever. And I think it'll be easy for Trump to peel off votes um, if Joe Biden goes all the way. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, especially, can you imagine them up on a debate stage together and Trump just hammering him? Yeah. He's not going to be able. His, yeah. eye, his eyeballs will explode again, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think, sadly. Uh, before we go to break, want to get your thoughts on the latest poll to come out, a Zogby analytics survey uh, taken just before the impeachment vote that happened. Uh, Impeaching President Trump will genuinely hurt the Democrats in 2020. 67% of voters said that they, quote, believe the Democrats are interested in impeaching the president as opposed to passing legislation. So that's 67% of voters total. 53% of Democrats agreed with that statement. 69% of men overall, 65% of women, uh, 56% of Hispanics, 61% of African Americans, and 67% of independents agreed with that statement. Candace, what does that tell you? They're in trouble. I mean, they're just in trouble. And, and that's the thing is what I always say, the left constantly overplays their hand. Yeah. You know, it was like you started with Russian collusion, you jumped around to Stormy Daniels, uh, then you somehow ended up at Ukraine collusion. There's been too many stories that they tried to make big mm-hmm. that have fallen flat. And now we're in a circumstance where you see Nancy Pelosi isn't even pushing through the articles of impeachment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike and I were just talking about like the blubbering that, that she did about, oh, well, you know, maybe uh, we might have to do some things if we're going to send the thing to the thing. <laughs> I mean, she sounded totally crazy yesterday. Yeah. Um, and and they're, they're really starting to show who they are. And unfortunately, what they're losing are the moderate, more sane liberals mm-hmm. um, that just really want to see the government work, regardless of whether or not they like the person that's in the White House. Yeah. Michael, all, what all we've heard at these debates previously was how we need to impeach President Trump. This has been the theme of every debate. Two days ago, the House of Representatives undertook a truly historic action. They impeached the president for only the third time in American mm-hmm. history, and it was the first time they ever did it over nothing, without even the pretense that he Which committed Which was what made it offense. historic. Which 
which is what made right, it historic. The Democrats were calling it historic for a completely different right, reason than right. it was. And yet, there's a Democratic debate the next night, and the the candidates basically don't mention it. They mm-hmm. barely talk about impeachment. I think it's because they're seeing the same poll numbers that you and I are. And yeah. now, the Democrats who have been pushing this for years, three years now, have backed themselves into a corner. Either they can not deliver the impeachment to the Senate. That looks horrible for them. <laughs> they can deliver it to the Senate. He will be acquitted. There's, there's no way for them to pivot, and the more they talk about it, the further their numbers drop. Right. Oh, all right. Well, uh, we are going to get into Christianity today, calling for President Trump's removal when we come back from the Student Action Summit for Turning Point USA here in sunny West Palm Beach. The editor-in-chief of uh, Christianity Today, which, of course, was founded by the late Reverend Billy Graham in 1956, he called for President Trump to be removed from office in a blistering editorial that he published. Uh, He said that the impeachment hearings, which I guess he was actually watching a different impeachment hearings than we were watching, he said the impeachment hearings proved President Trump violated the Constitution uh, and said the president has dumbed down the idea of morality in his administration. He has hired and fired a number of people who are now convicted criminals. He has admitted to immoral actions in business and his relationship with women, about which he remains proud. Uh, then he should be removed. That he should be removed, we believe, is not a matter of partisan loyalties, but loyalty to the creator of the Ten Commandments. Now, a little bit awkward because Franklin Graham did not agree, obviously. He said, my father would be embarrassed. Uh, it's not going to change anybody's mind about Trump. And uh, there is a liberal element within the evangelical movement. Christianity Today represents that. And then... And, of course, President Trump called it a far-left magazine, very progressive, which has been doing poorly and hasn't been involved with Billy Graham family for many years. Uh, He said Christianity Today knows nothing about reading a perfect transcript of a routine phone call, (laughs) which I love. The most perfect phone call of all of history, uh, and that he will not be reading the uh, the magazine again. Of course, he did also say, no president has done more for the evangelical community. You will not get anything from those Dems on stage. I think that is the point that he probably needs to zero in on is, okay, you can say what you want about me, but you think you're going to get better over here? Candace, what are your thoughts? I think it's absolutely shameful, uh, but I think Trump is hilarious. The most perfect phone call. <laughs> We're going to remember it as the most perfect phone. You've never had a phone call as perfect as this phone call. Alexander Graham Bell would beg to have a phone <laughs> call like mine, okay? It's perfect. It's just so perfect. Um, but, I mean, he's right. It's, it's shameful. And, by the way, it's, remove Trump from it, right? Yeah. What, do, what they're really talking about, uh, the churches, some of the churches have really had become a breeding ground for this li- these liberal ideas. And I especially understand this, obviously, in just my studies of how black America became tethered to the Democrat Party. When you take on these issues like abortion, mm-hmm. I mean, the way that Margaret Sanger, when she pitched her idea of how to market abortion, yes. it was through the churches, yes. you know, to get the ministers on your side because people love their churches. The, you know, the black culture loves their churches. And they did that successfully. They marketed abortion as something that was going to be a positive experience, something something as und- which can't even be debated, like the yeah. right to life, right. right, is something that the liberal took a hold of, repurposed it through the churches, and then got an entire generation of people to agree to murder their own offspring. Mm-hmm. Churches have been a problem for a very long time. Not all of them, of course, mm-hmm. but what Trump is talking about is absolutely right, that there is a liberal strand um, um, that exists in the churches, and they're constantly, when I walk down the street in Washington, D.C., massive LGBT flags, Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter flags, on outside of churches, yeah. right? So uh, it's a way larger issue, and we're talking about it because of Trump, but we should be talking about this before Trump and after Trump. Yeah. Michael, you agree? It, this uh, I do agree, and and 
This shows you O'Sullivan's first law, which is, you know, institutions tend to veer left after the death of the founder, but O'Sullivan's first law says that if an institution is not explicitly conservative, it will become left-wing over time. And that seems to be what's happening to Christianity today. The, the analysis is, is absurd. President Trump has done more to promote virtue and a Christian worldview in this country than any president in recent history. And we have to interrupt because Michael knows actually had a hilarious tweet about this. Uh, Joel Austin and, and uh, and Kanye West. Yes, that's oh, right. Come yeah. on, get in I, I did say I was very excited for Kanye West to spread the gospel to Joel Osteen. Well, obviously, there's, there's that really some, states it right there. You. Yeah. I, you know, this this is also why there are wonderful Christian magazines out there to read that do not just kowtow to leftism right. and ultimately to a secular view. I mean, uh, a Crisis Magazine is a, is the Catholic conservative magazine. It's excellent, and they've shown a lot of moral clarity here. I've I've always liked Christianity today. I've sort of liked that it exists, but they, they've made a, a serious error here. And I think they should retract it. Well, and you know, you do bring up an interesting point because I want to I want to be clear or allow you guys to to make sure to make yourself clear to everyone. When we say that we don't think that the Christian churches should be just kowtowing to them and bowing to whatever they want, we don't mean that they need to not be inclusive, right? Like everyone is welcome, you know. But but it's gone Neither much Jew far nor beyond Greek, that. Neither Jew nor Greek, nor slave, nor bond, nor right, uh, right, no right, male right. or female in the body of Christ. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not. We're not delineating that. You know, they can't. They're not welcome, or we don't want to include them. There's just a line, right, that you have to draw and say we're not going to bully us into submission for something that in our gospel, right. you know, we know to be wrong. I mean, right. we've got over 180 new judges on the bench. We've got the reinstatement of the Mexico City policy. We've got a partial defunding of plan. Parenthood. On that issue alone, mm -hmm. President Trump, mm -hmm. who, who knows how many lives have been saved because of the policies that have been instituted by this president and the judges who will sit on that bench to defend life by defending our Constitution. Th that is a wonderful accomplishment of this president. Christians should rejoice. When you saw on the other issue of religious liberty, how Barack Obama was clamping down, destroying the liberty of Couldn't the faithful say Merry the Christmas. Yes. And Merry Christmas, yes. too. But, but even of the little sisters of the poor, of Catholic schools and church, right? And President Trump comes in and he rolls all of that back and he expands religious liberty. Christians should be rejoicing. And mm -hmm. if, if they find an objection to the fact that a thrice married lapsed Presbyterian is the one to do it, I think all the more we should we should rejoice because God uses people and works in mysterious ways. And it's shameful, by the way, for, yeah. for them to do this when, when who, who is, uh, who's, who's our vice president? Mike Pence. Yes. Talk about shameful of, of a time to say something like that when you have Vice President yes. Mike Pence in office, who has been probably the biggest voice for Christian principles and, and to say that you cannot untether him from, from his faith in Jesus Christ. Um, so, I, I mean, really, the word that comes to mind to me is just shameful. It's an absolute shame that they took the step. It also, it's interesting, too, because it does kind of uh, prove our point that you, you we're trying to impeach a man because we don't like his decisions, right? Not because he's done an actual impeachable offense, but because we don't like his decisions. Because you've got Christianity Today basically admitting, well, we think he should be removed from office, but that's just because we don't think he's morally because sound. Because orange man bad. Right. I mean, the, you know, there, there is no decision no made. It's not even about decisions. Right. It's just orange man yeah. bad. Right. There was one charge that the Democrats made that President Trump had committed an impeachable offense. That was the charge of bribery. They dropped that charge before they brought up yes. the articles of impeachment because there was no evidence. And I think Christianity today ought to focus on the evangelical Christian culture, which it's done for a very long time, and probably leave the constitutional analysis to the experts. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so, but really 
really quickly before we have to go to break. Virginia. Virginia, we've seen they just had this wave election. Uh, the Democrats control the entire state now. Um, they've got both chambers. They've got, of course, Governor Ralph Blackface Northam. Uh, and hey, he might have been wearing a Klan hood. <laughs> In his defense, it was either Blackface or a Klan or, hood. Right. Like, you never can tell. Right. You know? right. The parties get wild. You don't uh -huh. know. Uh, so they've, uh, they're trying to pass a whole bunch of gun reform over in uh, Virginia. You've got all of these Second Amendment sanctuaries popping up. You've got nearly nine out of 10 counties in the state declaring themselves Second Amendment sanctuaries. Uh, you've got 85 counties, nine cities, 17 towns who had formally declared themselves sanctuaries. Uh, first of all, you're not supposed to, I think like the whole point of the Second Amendment was so that the whole country could be a sanctuary for the Second Amendment. But um, Candace, how did these people get elected? If they, I mean, they ran on this and now they're doing it and now people are fighting back. Did they just not show up to the ballot box? You know, it's funny that you you say that because here's, here's what I take on that in this entire Second Amendment um, debate is what I talked about on stage yesterday. The removal of Western civilization from college campuses as a course that they could take. Mm -hmm. That used to be a course that everybody took, really. Mm -hmm. Western civilization was the biggest course on college campuses because the problem that we're facing today is that so many people don't understand why we have the Second Amendment. Yeah. People don't read the Constitution. People don't know what the Federalist Papers are. People don't know why it's so important. Mm -hmm. How America was founded. Um, so what we're seeing right here is just really like a lack of education in what America is all about about. And it's hard for us to get out there when they're replacing Western civilization with gender studies. Remarkable yeah. that they yeah. have to study gender when there's only two. Right? <laughs> uh, how, what, really, what is this course? Right? It's, yeah. a, it's an easy course. Right. You know, yeah, just yeah, a couple yeah. classes. Yeah, it's like a couple classes. One class. <laughs> one class genders, you're done. Everybody, you're gone for the entire semester. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a sad thing that you have to declare a sanctuary for something um, that, is, that is just so, it should be so ingrained yeah. in who and what America is. And here's the thing. People say, oh, you know, we're not advocating for you know, the guns to be gone. We just want some, a, a little, a couple of changes, right? It's just right. a little bit. Let me tell you something about the left. You give them an inch, <laughs> they will take mm -hmm. more than a mile. Right. More than a mile. Mm -hmm. Forget one mile. They're, they're going to take a, a marathon, okay? Right. Right. They prove that over and over again. Give us gay marriage. Now we don't know what gender. Kids are picking their genders, right? Yeah. And they're saying men can be women, women can be men. And they've added a T and it's LBGTQRS. <laughs> that is what we're talking about. That we cannot give them any room on the Second Amendment. Yeah. Uh, all right. Want to get Michael's thoughts when we come back. I just took all of Michael's time. <laughs> no, I, I happily... All right, Michael, talking about the uh, all the Virginia gun ban confiscation that they're talking about over there. How did we get to this place? Well, we now have sanctuary counties for the Second yes. Amendment, and yeah. I think it's because Virginians haven't or the Virginian politicians haven't read the Constitution, which is the itself what? the Constitution. Who now? <laughs> the, I mean, the, the Constitution makes the United States a sanctuary for Second Amendment rights. The Second Amendment is very clear. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That is a right that is held by the people. It is an individual right to keep and bear arms, and nobody should be able to do anything about it. You're, you're seeing a lot changing in Virginia, and some people want to say it's only immigration, or it's only Terry McAuliffe letting the felons vote, or it's only the growth of Washington, D.C. and pushing into Virginia, or it's only the education system falling about. But Virginia is a, a bit of a bellwether. We were talking in the break about Virginia is a pretty American mm. commonwealth. You know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it goes back to our earliest days. And as, so, as we lose Virginia, as we lose our basic constitutional rights there, likely so will go the nation. Yeah. Mm. All right, Michael, tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me. Dailywire.com. At dailywire.com, at Michael J. Knowles on Twitter, or anywhere fine blank books are sold. Candace, go. <laughs> all right. Blexitfoundation.org uh, and all over the internet. All right. Overtime starts next. <laughs>
Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. J.K. Rowling, of course, the author of the uh, all the Harry Potter novels, the Harry Potter series, she is now apparently canceled. Mm-hmm. Poor J.K. Uh, she is canceled after coming out in support of Maya Forstater, who is a researcher who was fired from the Center for Global Development after tweeting. You guys, are you ready for this? Do you have your pearls to clutch? After tweeting that a person cannot change their biological sex. How dare you? I know. I know. Very hateful. Uh, J.K. Rowling said uh, that sex is real and and she wrote hashtag I stand with Maya. She said, dress however you please, call yourself whatever you like, sleep with any consenting adult who will have you, which is kind of a low-key dig there. <laughs> Live your best life in peace and security, but force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real. I stand with Maya. Uh, hashtag this is not a drill. Well, what a bigot. What a bigot. She is now being canceled because of her hateful statement by saying that uh, biological sex is real. How, how are we living in this world right now? Uh, I'm sorry. Good for her because she's the one that came after everyone that was conservative, called everybody racist and bigots and, uh, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah. You know, you were on the left. You were a radical leftist. You, you helped you, you helped them make this a fertile mm-hmm. ground, mm-hmm. make things that are ridiculous claims that make no sense, that go against science, that go against biology. You were a part of the cult of people that called all of that bigotry, mm-hmm. that called all of that racism, that called all of that non-realism, right? Right, right? So I think that she deserves it. I say karma for J.K. Rowling. Your books are still awesome. <laughs> Love it. Harry Potter. My future kids are definitely going to read it. You deserve this one. There's actually a great lesson here, I think, which is J.K. Rowling is a left-wing person. Mm-hmm. Every three weeks, she makes a new Harry Potter character gay. Like, she'll go back and rewrite it pretty soon. Which the owl is going to be gay. I, I don't, know. I know. Just stop. Just we don't need to be gay. Obviously, yeah. Don't Obviously. So, she does this. She's always pandering to leftism. And and the lesson here, I think, is for the center-left yes. or the moderates or the even the center right who say look I don't really believe that men can become women magically but it's just sort of polite to say so and we'll go along with the culture to get along and the lesson here is even for a committed left winger like Mm -hmm. J.K. Rowling the minute you don't go all Mm -hmm. the way and there's no end to that Mm -hmm. they will throw you under the bus that there's in the long run there's really no advantage to saying something that you know to be untrue Mm -hmm. just to go along and get along with the left wing culture yeah I mean that's a great point if if we have been calling out for this for years saying you guys, we have to have a standard and it needs to be a reasonable standard and we need to all just be objective and hold ourselves to this objective standard. But the left keeps, you know, they push it, they become subjective, and now we're just seeing them eat their own. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are just eating they their own on everything. They take that marathon. Yes, on and everything, though, not just the LGBT. I mean, you've got with the class warfare, you know, with them calling out millionaires mm-hmm. and billionaires and just at each other's throats. I mean, it's kind of nice to see. Right? Yeah, well, I, it we is. Need, we need Dumbledore to become Dumbledore if J.K. Rowling is ever going to be forgiven for this <laughs> Right, no, on. it needs to be Dumbledore. You're absolutely it right. Um, and, and listen, I, I'm one of those people, I've been out in the fire against the trans movement. I mean, I'm, yeah. there's no one in the conservative movement that's called more transphobic than me. Right. Um, and, and I embrace that, you know, because this is ugly stuff we're talking yes. about when you kids picking their gender, self-mutilation, um, letting parents take them to, you know, to permanently mutilate their bodies and never be able to have kids. Mm-hmm. People are acting like this is something that's very light and very easy, right? Um, so I, I and in a weird way, I think that the 
trans movement is a blessing, though, because I think this is that thing. This is the straw that yeah. might yeah. break the camel's back. Yeah. Because even people that were far lefties have to acknowledge that you're taking out in t women's sports. Right. I mean, this, right. this 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 runs counter to the original feminist fe yes. feminist movement, right? Yes. The original feminist movement. We need to have equality with men. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. The patriarchy is back, and it's under a wig. That's oh my gosh, that is such a <laughs> men great point. Men are crushing it really, women. The patriarchy they have is back, and it's under a wig. <laughs> yeah. is, I'm stealing that. That's they tremendous. Have completely <laughs> abandoned the women. Yeah. All women. Mm -hmm in favor of transgenders now. Yeah. I mean, we have been thrown to, be to the man. curb. Yeah. Now feminists are like, what, what, what it means to be a woman? Oh, um, I'm Emma Rata, whatever her name is, and I'm going to show them, I'm going to put my boobs out. Like, you men know, are yes. winning. Yeah. Men are winning. This what, is so actually, we're just getting naked and letting them take all of our sports. Like, who is running this? It's absolutely brilliant. The way, if you, you, know, if you, if you want to resist this kind of thing, the, I actually think the simplest way to do it is to just go up to one of these left-wing gender ideologues and ask them, what is a woman? Mm -hmm. And what they'll say is, a woman is anyone who identifies as a woman. Right. That's a circular argument, right? You right, can say, right. right, okay, but what does it mean to identify as a woman? What is a woman? I, I've asked this question all over the place. Wow. I, I've never once gotten an answer from any of the right. ideologues. Right, so what are you identifying as? If there's no concept of being a woman, what are you identifying as? Why are you identifying as a woman? Right. You're right, you're totally right. How do That's I know really you're good. a woman and I'm not? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Candace, you brought up the point of, uh, of bringing the children into it. And yeah. I think that that might be where a lot of people say, okay, we got to pump the brakes on this. Right. Because if you want to say, as you yourself, a consenting adult, has decided you want to live your life a certain way, while you can't make me call you something that I don't believe to be true, you live your life like that, that's fine. But what we're seeing now is this movement to, I mean, what I call child abuse, and I get so much hate for it all the time, but I don't see how you can call it anything else, because you're talking about a child who is malleable, and they're in these formative years where you as a parent are supposed to tell them what is real and children what is not stupid. real. Uh, children are stupid. They are. They, they don't understand gravity. <laughs> they think they can jump off of a building and survive. They think like when they put on a Superman cape, they can they can be Superman, right? The I, whole yes, concept yes. of children now telling the adults what they are. Talk about the inmates running the asylum. I right. couldn't imagine. I mean, go into a, a preschool class and, right. and try to get ideas. Yeah. You know yeah, what? Yeah. It's the same but, as going but, into Congress and talking to Democrats, the right? The, the, <laughs> yeah. the well, I think the, the preschool class might be a little a little, a little more yeah. so that guarantee the IQ is 10 points <laughs> higher. But th this is the trouble, actually, with going along with the whole transgender argument, yes. even for adults. Yes. Uh, Dr. Paul McHugh, who pi pioneered the transgender surgery, he stopped doing it because he realized it didn't help. The suicide yes. rates didn't yes. drop. The depression yes. didn't drop. So he stopped doing it. He said it was malpractice. However, if we're now going to believe as a culture that it can help, that it can be good, that we should perhaps even subsidize these surgeries for people who want to mutilate their bodies in the vain hope that it will e alleviate their suffering, right. then the question becomes, if we're already granting all of that, why wouldn't we try to stop it when it, we see these symptoms in children? Yeah. And that's the argument they're making. It has internal consistency, but the trouble is the whole argument is bogus from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Men can never be women. Women can never be men. Just no. want to state that again in case leftists want to come after me. Well, <laughs> and uh, you know, we were talking about ch preschoolers. My son is seven, so he's, you know, second grade, but I'm, I'm talking about this James Younger case that happened a couple months ago where, you know, you had the mom saying he wants to live as a girl with me. You have the dad saying, no, he wants to live as a boy with me. He is a boy. I'm not going to raise him that way. And you had that whole debate going on. And I had so many people telling me, well, he's seven. He is 
is obviously able to to process the concept of gender. And, and I'm like, what? my seven-year-old just brought home a story about a poop forest. I kid you not. I kid you not. He, he brought home this story about walking through a forest and he realized that it was a poop forest. And the man was somehow excited about it. And I'm like... This this is what this is the level that they're at right now. You don't even. And you're go saying this puberty. boy wants to be a girl, you're and it's you okay. You don't go through puberty. Honestly, I, I, I am trying to burn the images of me in fifth, fourth grade, and fifth right. grade. I was a little boy. I, yeah. I literally was like, I tried to speak with a deeper voice. I don't believe I was that running for around. A I promise you, running around the guys. I thought the girls were so boring, and I was super like sporting, athletic. And then I hit puberty, and suddenly, like you know, around middle school, I thought the guys were cute. Yeah. Thank goodness my mom didn't buzz my hair off and call me Michael Knight. Right. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank goodness. For multiple yeah. reasons. For Multiple reasons here. Yeah, no. All great points. Uh, all right. Yesterday's poll question. Is it a smart strategic move for Nancy Pelosi to hold the articles of impeachment from the Senate? 91% of you said no. 9% of you are wrong. That was not smart nor strategic. I don't think Nancy Pelosi knows what she's doing at any given point of the day. Uh, today's poll question. Will anyone... Oh, this is a good one. I want you guys... I want to get your thoughts on this. Will anyone still care about impeachment after Christmas? No. Talking about uh, the strategic idiocy of doing this vote right yeah. now, the only thing that they can get out of impeachment, because they are, obviously the Senate is going to acquit Trump right. if it ever goes to right, the Senate, right. the only thing they can get out of it is some fundraising, which yes. is Nancy Pelosi saying, see, I yep. did what you all wanted me to do, good now ads. give me your sweet money. Right. You get yeah. good ads out of it, all those little clips of yeah. congressmen. But the story's going to get buried because we're going into two weeks of dead news, right? Mm-hmm. We're going Christmas and New Year's. So I, the only argument I could see for trying to hold back on giving it to the Senate it, is holding out as long as you can to keep that sweet, sweet donor money coming. Right. Eventually, though, she's going to have to give up or she's going to look like a fraud. And then at that point, you know, she's backed herself into a corner. So anything she does is going to hurt her. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the saying is S or get off the pot. That's yeah, yeah, the there you that's go. The my grandma told to my grandpa when she yeah. wanted him to propose. And that's what Nancy <laughs> needs to know, too, on impeachment. Candace, what do you think? I disagree strongly. Impeachment story will be alive and well because it will be kept alive by Donald J. Trump. Uh, Let me tell you, so. okay. every okay. round. At every stop, we will talk about the impeachment farce. You will never hear the end of impeachment. It's going to be a perfect phone call, right? <laughs> perfect phone call, and it was a sham of an impeachment, mm-hmm. and that is how he's going to win 2020. I'm starting to believe a conspiracy that he has the Democrats on payroll, that they're secretly... Yes. It's, yes. Too, it's too perfect. Right before 2020, yeah. you hand him a Christmas miracle yeah. of a fake impeachment, yeah. and he's going to run with it, and he's going to win by a landslide. That is my prediction for 2020, because everybody is getting tired of the Democrats and their theatrical days of our lies treatment of the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let us know what you guys think. You can go to, of course, The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. That is it for us this week here in West Palm Beach at the Turning Point USA Student Action Summit. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Sarah. It's a is pleasure. That's the correct way to do it. <laughs> That's good. That looks about right. <laughs> Maybe it's just, do you have to? I salute you. Watch <laughs> out. They're going to call you a Nazi. Right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.